that this has been on my heart for a minute. Um, it's actually been a reoccurring theme in my life over the last month. It just keeps popping up, keeps popping up, keeps popping up. So I am going this morning to use a word that, you, that most of you guys in this room consider a word that allows you to get up and leave. Okay, that means the end of the service. Does anybody know what that is? Shalom. Oh, you guys are smart. You pay attention. All right, so shalom, which in Hebrew is the greeting for goodbye, is also the greeting for hello. Okay, so when someone comes in, it's shalom. When they leave, it's shalom. And it's also the word for, does anybody know? Peace. Peace. Okay? So it's actually a word that is a blessing over somebody, which is why the Jewish, uh, the Hebrews use it for hello and goodbye. So they are constantly speaking peace over your life as you come and as you go. But I don't think that the English word peace really does it justice. When I was over in Africa, uh, the pastor over there would say something in English, and then he would have to say a phrase in Swahili. And I said, why do you keep switching between them, all of your people speak English. And he said to me, he goes, he goes, some English words just, they just don't, they don't say it the same way. In Swahili, it comes off powerful. And that English uh, phrase or word just doesn't really hold the weight of what it does in Swahili. So he would switch back and forth. And this is one of those good examples. The word peace doesn't hold the same weight as the word shalom. And so what I want to give you is a little bit of understanding this morning on how shalom can give you an edge in victory. Amen? So, uh, peace, let me give you this. Peace is the supernatural ability for you to remain in one piece when you should fall to pieces. That's what God's peace is. It is different than the world's peace. It is God's supernatural ability for you to remain in one piece when the situation of your life should make you fall into many pieces. So in John 14, verse 27, in John 14, verse 27, it says this, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So Jesus is now giving them a gift before he leaves. And he says, I'm going to give you peace, my peace, not his peace, not her peace, not the peace of the countryside, not the peace that the world offers you, right? Because there's a mom in here that like they, they hide in the laundry room for peace. Any moms in here hid in the laundry room, right? Bathroom. What kind of kids, what kind of kids did you raise that you got to go in the bathroom and be private? Your kid, man, when I, when, I, when I was a kid and my kids growing up, man, they could leave you alone, be playing video games, doing whatever you wanted to. And the second you went in the bathroom, boop, 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 boop. Hey, dad, what are you doing? Hey, dad, what are you doing? Hey, what are you doing? What's going on? Hey, 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 you want to hang out? You want to talk? You want to talk? You want to talk? Right? <laughs> oh, no, I did it to my mom every time. In fact, I got so used to it, I do it to my wife every single time. I'm like, hey, what are you doing? Hey, what are you doing? Hey. And she's like, can you just, and I'm like, nope, <laughs> you can't run away. <laughs> All right, so I don't know what kind of crazy world you live in, but I'm dysfunctional. So, uh, but you, you, you try to find places of peace in your life. You try to find places of peace in your life. You try to find tranquility in the world, but this is not the peace that God is talking about. There is a peace that surpasses all understanding, and we're going to get to that. But th this peace is a supernatural peace. 
So do not get confused what we're talking about this morning. The, the peace of the world is not the shalom of God. Shalom is something supernatural. It goes beyond, I just need a day off. I need some peace and quiet. That is not shalom. So what I want to expose to you this morning is the supernatural peace of God. So Philippians 4, 7 is the famous quote. And the peace of God, the shalom of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Why does it transcend all understanding? Because this kind of peace can actually calm you, stabilize you, and steady you in the middle of a situation of your life that you should not be steady. There are some people right here this week that are walking through situations in our church that they should not be steady in, that they should be torn apart in a mess, and their hearts are broken, yet they seem to be walking in peace while they're grieving. You, that, that's the thing about supernatural peace. When you grab it, when you grab hold of it, you can be grieving. Things can be falling apart, and you can stand there and weather it. And stand up and be bold and walk through it without it knocking you to the ground. What we brought to people yesterday was peace. We went into our community and offered them the shalom of God. Not the rules, not the judgment. We met them where they were and we said, we have a God who offers you shalom, peace. For the chaos of your life. For the darkness of your life, we offer you light. And we went in there. Shalom matters very much. This is the peace that surpasses all understanding. So I can't fully explain it to you, right? Because it passes all understanding. So you can't really understand. So I'm off the hook today. I don't have to give a good message. I don't understand what you said this morning. Uh, it, it passes all understanding. Okay? Right? He's really confusing. No, you just don't get it. Okay? That's what the word says. Um... So, but there's, there, we, we can get close. So I'm going to get you as close as possible. Amen. All right. So in, it, it, uh, this is what, what we're doing today is we're taking that next level. Okay. So the level that maybe you've heard before is the armor of God, right? Put on the full armor of God, Ephesians, right? And so we got to put on the full armor of God. We got to put on the helmet of salvation and the breastplate of righteousness. We got to put on all this armor, right? The sword of uh, the, the word and the, the shield of faith. And we got to put on all this armor and then we can battle. What I'm trying to do is take you beyond just the armor. Did you know there's a next level? There's something beyond the armor. And it has to do with what we're going to teach over the next couple weeks. And today is peace. Peace takes you one step beyond the armor. Okay? So we're, we're going to get this. Peace. So the breastplate of righteousness is a protector of our hearts. So righteousness is a tool that you can use to protect your heart. When you are living a righteous life, right, when you're protecting what comes in and out of you, when you're watching what you say, what you watch, what you do, when you're living holy, when you're living righteous, that protects your heart from corruption. <clears throat> it is a weapon. It is not a requirement that you're an awful, horrible person. It is God's tool and gift to you to protect you. When you surround yourself by corruption, when you take in corruption, it corrupts your heart. Right? You ever seen a mobster that cares about people? I'm just really sad I have to kill you. 
No, right? Because their heart begins. Do you think they started out as children that way? Right? They probably loved puppies. And one day they just kept on taking in corruption. They kept on not guarding their heart. They kept on not living righteously. And every time they exposed themselves to unrighteousness, their heart became corrupted. So righteousness, the breastplate of righteousness, protects your heart from corruption. The, 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 the helmet of salvation, what does that protect? Your, your mind, right? So it protects your mind. Being saved helps you to give you a tool to renew your mind, to get your mind in line with God's word so that you can battle off the enemy's thoughts, right? Because the enemy comes to you first with what? Thought. That's where he comes. That's where he speaks the most. It's easier there. So he comes with thoughts, and the first thing God gives you is this helmet of salvation to say, enemy, your voice has to be silenced. It has to be muted, right? You can hear through a helmet. I ride a motorcycle. I put on my helmet. I can still hear but it's dampened, right? It's less. So the helmet of salvation protects our ears and protects our minds. It protects what goes into our minds. That's the point of the helmet of salvation. But what if there was something that God intended for you to even go a little further than that? I need, I need three volunteers this morning. Who wants to volunteer for me? I need a couple. Okay, Chris, come on up. Uh, hold on. Yeah, come on. Let's go. Uh, no, come on up. Come on, on the stage. I'm going to try something here. Let's see if this works. I'm improvising, folks. Let's see what happens. All right. Um, okay. So he finally makes a decision he's going to come to Jesus. Say, yay, Jesus. No, you got to say it like I said it. Yay, Jesus. <laughs> I tried. It would have been funny. Uh, smart kid. All right, so, uh, so he comes to Jesus, and he gets a helmet to protect him, right? And he gets a breastplate to protect his, his chest. But in order for those things to protect, he has to keep getting beat up on, right? Right? He's going to take some blows. I'm not going to mess up your hair. Don't worry. <laughs> he doesn't care. No. So um, he has to take those blows. He actually acts to be in the physical battle, right, where those things protect him. So every blow he takes, what happens to his armor? Gets a little dull or dented, right? So he's going to take a few blows, protecting his heart. He's going to take a few blows. How many of you guys have taken a few blows trying to fend off the enemy from corrupting you? Trying to fend off, and those thoughts come, and you're like, oh, stop, right? And you have a battle, and your helmet takes a few blows. Your, your chest plate takes a few blows. And that's how most Christians live. I got the armor. I got the chest plate. I got the helmet. I'm doing okay. I wish I had my stormtrooper helmet on right now. I'd give it to you. But um, so you got the breastplate. But he's going to constantly take blows. So the enemy, you're the enemy, okay, <laughs> is constantly over here just pounding on. Don't actually hit him, okay? We don't have that much liability. <laughs> All right? So he doesn't have an opportunity. He's constantly in conflict. He's constantly in war. You're constantly having to defend yourself and stand your ground, right? How many of you guys know that makes you weary? But watch this. So step back here just a little bit. This is the peace of God. Because Philippians told us that the peace of God that surpasses all understanding shall guard your what? Your heart and your mind, right? 
When you live in the shalom of God with the peace of God, the enemy can't even wound you. He can't get to you. He can't even get an opportunity to get to your mind or your heart. Hey, if you... There's no opportunity to wound. So guess what? His armor stays polished and ready for the next battle. Peace is your bodyguard. Get this devil out of here. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Technically, our prayer mats are MMA mats, so, I mean, we can fight on them. It's, it's, it's legal. It's legal. All right. So does that make sense? So there is a series of things above the armor. There is bodyguards that God has put in place for you. Okay? And it doesn't just start with peace, but we're starting with the first bodyguard of peace. And we're going to learn what those other protectors are. David had mighty men of valor. He had men, right? Benaiah, who killed a lion, was his chief of bodyguards. He was the head of David's bodyguards. That's who he was. He was the head of David's bodyguards. So even David, the mighty Goliath slayer that was capable of battling, had bodyguards. So you, with your full armor on, still do better next level when you have guards in front of you. And whatever gets through the guard, you have a helmet and a breastplate. Do you understand? Stop letting the enemy attack your salvation all the time. Stop letting the enemy convince you you're not righteous all the time. Stop him before he ever even gets in the room. The peace of God can do that. Is that making sense? I know right now it's just preacher talk, but I'm going to make some common sense out of this, okay? So he's the guardian of both. Shalom. Say it. Shalom. I need you to understand this word holds power. It holds authority to protect you. This is not this is not a bedtime prayer. This is not rubbing your head, right? This is not mommy's peace. This is something powerful. James 3.18 says it this way. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. So that's the proof in the word that what I'm saying is correct. When you sow in peace, when you become a peacemaker, in other words, you're not just a peace taker, right? There are some people in your life, man, let me tell you what, you get around them and you realize real quick that you lose your peace very quick because they are not peacemakers, they are peace takers. And you need to be in the presence of some people that like to make peace for you, not take your peace. You have to guard your peace because it's supposed to guard you. Right? You better guard that peace and you better become a person that is a peace maker not a taker and when you sow peace you reach a harvest of righteousness so as you begin to walk in peace you actually armor yourself up even more upgrade upgrade so you have to be a person that lives at peace i'm not talking about gentle okay i'm not talking about like oh golly gee i'm just a nice guy right pastor's a nice guy if you haven't figured it out yet, you go to a church where your pastor is actually an apostle, okay? And what that means is, I like to fight the enemy head on, okay? Right? I'm not the one petting the sheep. I'm the one attacking the lion, okay? That's, that's who I am. So the soft, fluffy isn't really in my nature, all right? We have other people for that. 
My job as an apostle, let me just very quickly spell it out for you guys, real quick, if you don't understand what that means. My job as an apostle is I'm the thumb. This is an apostle. There are five offices of, of the ministry, right? Teaching, evangelism, prophetic, and shepherd, okay? Those are the fivefold. Or let's do shepherd here and teaching there, right? Those are the fivefold of the ministry. And the apostle is the only one that can touch each one, okay? He's the only one that can train up an evangelist to be a better evangelist, a prophet to be a better prophet, uh, a pastor to be a better pastor, and, a, and a, a teacher to be a better teacher, okay? He's the only one that can train those each up. He has the ability. Evangelists make evangelists. Prophets make prophets. But apostles make all of them, okay? So if you're in here and I've helped you train up your gift, that's the proof that I'm an apostle. And so that's what we do, okay? And the problem is, is that a lot of churches get that in wrong context, and they have a lot of shepherds. They stay very small because shepherds shepherd flocks, okay? And they get a shepherd to run everything, and he can't train up the right individuals, and the church gets out of uh, uh, heaven's governance. They get in the wrong order of things, and so what happens is that church begins to try to fight the devil with a finger. Poke. Right? What do you think that's going to do to the enemy if a shepherd just keeps jabbing at the, at the enemy? <laughs> right? Just going to make him mad, right? How many of you guys like to be poked in the chest? Ooh, right? That's as bad as a slap to the back of the head. Don't do it. This is on camera. We caught you doing that. Stop abusing him. Um, <laughs> stop abusing him. All right, so that doesn't work, but when you have an apostle that leads things and you have all five folds of the ministry operating in a church, guess what you have? A fist of power. And you can go after the enemy with that, amen? Okay, so I'm an apostle. That's my job. My job is to raise up shepherds that will shepherd you, to raise up evangelists that will go out, raise up prophets that will speak into your life. That's my job, to bring in teachers and raise you up. That's my job. Don't get that confused. Because if you let me do what I do and raise you up, you will become more. I'm not your more. I'm not your more. I'm not your peace. I'm not your guardian in the middle of battle. Pastor Ren is not the guardian. Peace is. My job is to raise you up and to, to have that level with God, not to be the one that is standing every moment of every day that you rely on. It's not even possible for me to do that. Do you realize that if I gave each and every one of you one hour of my time a month, does that seem unreasonable to spend an hour with me or talk to me a few times, 15 minutes here and 15 minutes there over a course of a month and take up a whole hour of my time? Do you realize if, if that happens, that is 160 hours of my time spent a month with each person. That's 40 hours a week. My full time was just one hour for you. And that's my whole week. Everything else I do on top of that, then I have to study and learn and raise people up and run the church. Everything would be on top of that. Do you understand that? We have to get this concept because I think in American church, we think that the person up here speaking is supposed to also be the one that does everything to shepherd and love, right? I love all of you. I love you. But we got to get the, we got to get this idea of placement of what matters in our life to give us power and authority and put the right things in the right place. We got to wear the right armor in the right place. We got to have the right guardians of peace in front of us in the right place. And we got to put our offices in our church in the right place so that we can actually finally start winning battles. Amen? That makes sense? So if you have a heart for people, shepherd. 
love people. Crystal, I call her a shepherding evangelist because she has both those offices. She loves to evangelize, but she doesn't just evangelize and leave, right? I'm like, praise Jesus, and I walk away. And she doesn't. She grabs them, folds them up, puts them in her pocket, and keeps them for later and loves on them, okay? That's who she is. So she has a shepherding heart to keep following up, keep following up, keep following up. Whereas my shepherding heart is to keep raising you up, keep raising you up, keep raising you up, right? If you come to me and you ask me a question that I don't know how to encourage you, I am consumed with trying to figure out how to raise you up. That's, that consumes me, okay? And so that's my place. So this one is going to raise you up. So peace brings righteousness. So this guardian that defends your breastplate allows your breastplate an opportunity to grow, okay? So living in the shalom of God in, actually enables you to live more righteously and to fight off that corruption in your heart. So the key for that is sin struggles to root in one's heart who is rooted in supernatural peace. Sin actually cannot dive in and grab a hold of you if you are rooted in supernatural peace. If you carry supernatural peace, if you operate in supernatural peace, then sin gets washed away. It is your supernatural peace is sin's stony ground or bad soil. It cannot plant in you. Supernatural peace turns your soil into good soil for God and bad soil for the enemy. Amen? So the root word of, of, of shalom is shalom, okay? And um, if we look at it in context, we can kind of understand a little bit better of the meaning of shalom, and I'm going to move quickly. Um, but in Exodus 21, verses 35 and 36, it says it this way. When one man's ox hurts another, so it dies. Then they shall sell the live ox and divide the price of it, and the dead beast also they shall divide. For it is known that the ox has been accustomed to gore in the past, and its owner has not kept it in. So escape, gore, escape. Uh, he shall pay, say pay, pay, ox for ox. And the dead shall be, uh, uh, the, uh, the deed, excuse me, and the dead beast shall be his. Okay? That word pay is shalom. Shalom. Okay? So the root word of shalom was used as an expression in some places for replacing or restoring what had been lost. So restoring one dead ox for a living one because of neglect. The verb shalom literally means to make whole. Say to make whole. The word shalom has the same basic meaning, but in the noun form, it can be seen in the following verse. In Genesis 43, 28, it says it this way. They said your servant, excuse me, your servant or father is well. Say well. He is still alive. And they bowed their heads and made uh, a prayer. So the word well there is the root word for shalom. So to restore, to repay. It speaks of completeness or fullness or a type of wholeness that encourages us to actually give back. It is an action. Generously repaying something in some way. Shalom is a restoration. It is a peace that brings constant resurre uh, resurrection and restoration in the middle of a situation that should kill you. 
So when you've been in spiritual neglect, when you've neglected your spirit life, when the peace of God shows up, it has the power to restore you to life again. It has the power to repay. And, but this peace is something that when you carry, you cannot keep it to yourself. It has to be generously given. That's what shalom is. If you are peaceful and you make everyone else around you chaotic, that is not God's peace. Okay? That's called a peacetaker. When you are a peacemaker, you generate peace and people that get in your environment, they get restored. So this morning, if you look around at the people around you, do you take their peace or do you restore their peace? And that should tell you where you're at and what you need this morning. No judgment if you are a peacetaker. Start making shifts into supernatural peace. So the first point there is that peace brings righteousness. The second thing that peace brings is it brings restoration. The third thing that peace brings is a weapon. Now, I demonstrated to you how it becomes a guard in your life. The, the word shalom itself will give you an idea of what this can carry. Uh, Kelly will be here tonight at 6.30, and he talked a little bit about this the other night. And this is something that's been moving on my heart for a month. Everywhere I turn, the peace of God. In fact, so much so that I walked into a Tuesday night when Kelly was here, and I walked up to him because we'd had a quick, brief conversation about a revelation he had on peace that he'd like to teach. And I came up to him, and I, I walked up to him. I said, my entire week, peace has just keeps being the, 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 the theme of my week. Everywhere I turn, peace, peace, peace. You need peace, get peace, have peace. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. So I walked up to him and said, I, we need to talk about your revelation on peace. And he said, well, that's what I'm going to talk about tonight. <laughs> Only you, Jesus. All right? So, but what, so he, we were talking about ancient Hebrew, okay? Before the modern letters of Hebrew, they were done in pictures, right? So um, I have a little uh, graphic here that will show you the pictures of ancient Hebrew. Before the modern Hebrew, these were the, the, everything was done in pictograms. And so these letters here, uh, Mem, Vav, Lamed, Shin. Okay, those are the, the letters and those are the names of the letters in Hebrew that spell peace or shalom. They spell that. And what it means literally, peace literally translated in Hebrew means destroy the authority attached to chaos. Just going to sit on that for a second. If you're online, you can't see this, but destroy the authority attached to chaos. Peace is a weapon that can come in in the middle of your chaos and actually take away the right that chaos has to be there. It can actually close the legal loophole that allows chaos to come in and rob your life of what you are given by God. Peace is a weapon that God has given you to guard your heart to guard your mind, to drive off the enemy, and to tell him, devil, you have no authority because I rest in the presence of God. I rest in the shalom of God, the peace of God. My sickness can't hold me because I have peace. My depression can't hold me because I have peace. My brokenness can't hold me because I have peace. My lack can't hold me because I have peace. My poverty can't hold me because I have peace. 
But how do I get through my situation? Walk through it in peace. And it will break itself. The, sh the pirate ship that robbed you will always crash against the rocks. Eventually, it will destroy itself if it gets close enough to the rocks. Peace is the rock that keeps you stable in the storm that the ship that stole from you has to break against. You can choose to build your house on sand. And that sand will be taken away with every storm. You'll be moved every single time by every storm. But peace is a rock that stands in guard of you and stands there and says, I am the shalom of God. Some of you, the reason why you still are walking in brokenness, the reason why you can't seem to get through that one thing, we all know that the one thing that we all carry is, is because we really haven't asked for God to just bring peace into our life, to bring the shalom of God, where we truly walk in faith and believe completely that Jesus gave us his peace. And that if we truly believe and rest in what his word says about our life. And I'm not talking preacher talk here. I'm talking about a belief that can't be shaken. I'm talking about a faith that can't be uprooted. One that is so in grained in you that you cannot help but run to everyone else and say, I see the chaos of your life and I have peace to offer you. I've seen people that are diseased and broken because they just have no peace. And where the absence of peace is, stress comes, anxiety comes, depression comes, pain comes, bitterness comes. misunderstandings come. Everybody's out to get you. Everybody wants to hurt you. Nobody likes you. Nobody's your friend. Nobody sees your value. Those things come when you don't have a guardian of peace standing in front of you that says, I don't care what I walk through. I can walk through it with you. Look at Jesus. You want the example of peace. Jesus was asleep in a boat as storms came so bad this is not a ship. We're talking about a small boat. The storm came so bad that the disciples thought they would surely die. And yet Jesus sleeps through it. I want you to picture this. This storm is bad. No, no fisherman, Peter's a fisherman. No fisherman is afraid for his own safety when the water is not crashing over the boat right? If it hasn't started crashing over the boat, you're not afraid yet. Some of you guys are like, "Ooh, we're in some shaky water right now, but you're okay because nothing's crashing over the boat. But the second that water starts coming in the boat and you feel like you're going upside down, that you're beginning to drown. Okay. It was okay. It was a hard season. The, the count got a little low, but we're okay. But then all of a sudden stuff starts to disappear. Bills start to pile up and financially you feel like you're going underwater, right? And your peace begins to leave you. But here's Jesus in the middle of this situation, and the water is coming into the boat. It's filling up, and the disciples begin to worry. This is not just rough water. This could kill us. It could drown us. It could sink the boat. And Jesus stays asleep until they wake him up. We're going to die. And he says, you still don't have any faith.
When you truly believe that God is the God who he says he is, you can have faith knowing that he's a God that will carry you through every storm. He will get you through it. So Jesus wakens because they forced him to. Probably all splashed with water. He's probably enjoying it. I got refreshed. I got a free bath. I didn't even have to soap up. All right? And he stands up and he says to the storm, be still. And the storm ceases. When you walk in God's peace, his shalom, his supernatural peace, you can order storms to be silenced and they will. It is a weapon, not just to make it through, but to control over it. Because it breaks the chaos. It destroys the authority. So even the earth, who had been given authority over the weather, had to release its authority to the prince of peace. You serve the prince of shalom, a God who brings peace in storms. A God who has so much authority that every other authority must bow its knees to him. And as children of God, when you walk in that peace, when you walk in that shalom, when you just trust in him and you allow the peace of God just to fill your life. You stop worrying about your stuff. You stop fretting over everything. You stop staring at the waves. See, the disciples didn't have that peace. They were all focused on, the, I got this and I got this, right? You know some of those people. They ask for prayer, but they ask for prayer about every small thing in their life, right? And there's nothing wrong with asking for prayer, but you can tell, like, that's what they're focused on. Their eyes are on the problem. Not on the problem maker. When you put your eyes on Jesus... You can sleep through the storm and wake up and never even know it happened. Right? You can be the kind of person that someone has to come to you later and be like, we almost died. And you're like, I don't know what you're talking about. It never touched me. Well, your clothes are a little damp. It's a hot day. I feel cool. There is a peace that surpasses all understanding that can guard your heart if you allow it to. Some of you are so wound up with the things of this world that what you really need is just God's peace. And disease will break off. The, the peace of God has the ability to heal you. Physically, mentally, emotionally, it has the ability to heal you. Yeah. Some of you are going, I've had them pray for me and, and I haven't got rid of my problem. Maybe it's not healing from a disease you need. Maybe it's the peace of God to break off the stress, the anxiety, the hurt, the, the pain, the bitterness. And when that peace of God washes over you, you'll be free. Amen? Now here's the great thing. The book tells us that we are peacemakers, which means that we are able to go to somebody else and offer them the peace we carry. So if you don't have your own shalom, you can get it from someone else. They can, someone that carries shalom can speak it over you and give you the shalom of God that you just can't figure out how to grab onto. So if I'm saying this, you're like, well, how do we get that? How do we get that? I'm giving you a starting point. I can't give it all to you in 30 minutes, but I can give you a starting point right now. Let somebody that carries the shalom of God, 
the power of God, the weapon to break the authority of chaos over your life. Pray for you. Bow your heads this morning. Father God, I just speak shalom over them. I speak supernatural shalom even right now in the name of Jesus. There are people in this room that are struggling through things that they have not been able to break free from yet. They've tried things. They've came to the altar. They've done, they've sought God and they still have not broke free because they don't have the shalom of God that breaks the authority of chaos. The shalom of God that guards them. Their armor is damaged. It is weary. They are holding on and they keep having to repair armor and they need the guardian that protects them this morning. So Father, right now I speak peace and just, if you would, just lean into this. See the Father just give you peace. Just picture the Father coming and just quieting your storm. And I believe you're just going to have like a softening on your heart, an emotional response to this. And as I speak in the name of Jesus, I declare the peace of God is pouring over you. And then as you have an emotional response, what I want you to do this morning is if you're feeling that and you need that and you just start to feel that heaviness, that, that beautiful heaviness coming on you, then I want you to come up front to the altar and have one of them pray for you for the shalom of God to cover you. If you need healing in your body, then come up to the altar and let them pray for you that the peace of God, the shalom of God, shalom I speak over you, would wash over you this morning. And just as you feel that, come now. Come right now. We're not going to wait till a dismissal. We're going to come right now. So as you're feeling that, if you need healing in your body, if you're feeling that or need healing or need the peace of God and you're already going, that's for me, then come now to the altar and get that prayer that you need. Let everyone else stay with their heads bowed and eyes closed just for a minute. Just be praying if it's not for you and just start coming. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Now, now, now. Don't hesitate. You need this. It's not, it's not an indication that you have no peace in your life. It's an indication that you're ready for next level. It's an indication that you say, I'm armored up, but I need, I need next level. Hallelujah. Come get prayer this morning and we'll stay here as long as we need to. Thank you, Jesus. There you go. Yes. Come, come. As your heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I'm going to speak to those that are not up at the altar right now. I'm going to, I'm going to make an assumption here that if you're not coming this morning, it means that you already believe that you carry the shalom of God in, in powerful enough way to give it away to other people. So my challenge is if you're sitting there, it means you should be giving it away. If you're not, then you should be getting it. And if you're anywhere between the two, you need to reason that out with you and your maker. Father God, Lord, I just speak right now that today is a day that we will get breakthrough in the name of Jesus. Today is the day that we will no longer live with our peace being stolen from us by our situations. We will no longer live with our peace being stolen from us from our situations. They're waiting for prayer right here. We will no longer live with the peace of the world that is situational based, God. We will live in your authority to break off the chaos and not let our peace be subject to it or lack thereof. That, Father, we can be in the midst of storms and be peaceful and smile and have joy. In the midst of a sinking ship, we can go down and say, like the great songwriter said, 
after losing his family to a storm in the sea. And as he passed by that spot in the water where his family had drowned, he looked down and he said, it is well with my soul. He said, it is shalom with my soul. Though the storms come, something in me carries supernatural peace that the situation, the story of my life does not define me, but my maker does. So I speak peace to you this morning. I give you peace in the name of Jesus. Whether you're up here or not, I just speak a washing of peace over you. Some of you are making all your decisions based out of just a lack of peace in your heart. There is just no peace and you keep making decisions trying to find joy and happiness. It's not, it's not, nothing's sticking. And you just feel more anxiety and more frustration. The anger, the bitterness comes out of a lack of peace, out of God's peace in your life. And the thing about a lack of peace is it breeds less peace. You, that, you, you have a weird, unhealthy craving for lack of peace and you run from peace when you know in your heart you should chase peace down you begin to run from the very thing that you know in your heart will set you free don't run from God this morning don't run from him seek his peace that surpasses all understanding it doesn't have to make sense that's what the word says If you say, I just don't understand why I'm so calm in the middle of this situation, you might have shalom. You might have a God who's pouring out shalom on your life. Let me tell you what else shalom does as they're getting prayed for. It breaks you into the next season of blessing. This church right now has broken through into shalom. We've battled and battled and battled and kept seeking his peace and when it comes victory comes we're walking in a season of victory because of that in the name of jesus we speak peace thank you jesus father we declare peace Right now, I just want to say we're going to keep praying over this place. If, if you um, need to be dismissed this morning, I'm going to say it one last time for you this morning. If you need to go, you can go. I won't hold you up. Uh, if you're a guest, come visit somebody in the back in the Coffee and Connect Center. We're going to have someone back there right now. But we're going to keep praying for people to see breakthrough. This is not a church that you learn a good lesson and you go home. This is a place where you actually get better. Thank you, Jesus. So as I dismiss you this morning, come for prayer if you need it. Wait in line. Get some of this. I'm telling you, it's going to be amazing. There's going to be some testimonies that come from today that are going to be life-changing. People are getting the breakthrough they've been trying to figure out because they've just been getting beat up on their own. This is the next level. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I bless every single person here. Lord, I just ask that the Lord make his face to shine upon you. They lift up his countenance for you. And I put the shalom of God all over you. In the name of Jesus, I love you. God loves you. Shalom, you're dismissed if you need to be.